You're listening to a podcast from Newstalk ZB. Follow this and our wide range of podcasts now on iHeartRadio. there and welcome to the rewrap for Wednesday. All the best bits from the Mike Hosking Breakfast on Newstalk ZB in a sillier package. I am Glenn Hart. Today, uh, are we going to have enough power again this year? Uh, we, we, we've got some somewhere, apparently. We've managed to rustle some up. Uh, insurance, we seem to be paying for other people's, not just our own. Uh, foreign medical workers aren't welcome here. Some are, some are. It's all very confusing, and it's been that way for a while. And what are Wendy's doing with their pricing in the States? But before any of that, uh, what are we doing with our interest rates today? D-Day of sorts again, as Adrian all lines up the economy for a good old going over. In fact, it's another outworking of the astonishing mismanagement we've seen from Labor laid bare over the past week. I mean, we've seen the fees free. Didn't go anywhere near where it intended. No one went to university. The poverty measures that went backwards. The school building program that's a calamitous mess. The school NCEA updated figures that show for another year more and more of our kids failing to pass. Now the economy, where it looks increasingly likely we're one of the last countries on earth to see a measured enough handle on inflation to one happily state the days of hikes are over and to talk about the pending idea of cuts. Most so-called experts are calling a hold today, but Kiwi Bank and ANZ see a real chance of a rise in ANZ's case, if not today, certainly this year, and not once but twice. And even though they're a bit out on a limb, you can see where the logic lies. For all the talk about inflation coming down, it hasn't. Not to anywhere near the degree it needs to. Too many things are stuck. The so-called non-tradable stats out last week showing the public sector had the largest pay rises on record. That's inflationary. The costs in supermarkets, whether at retail or from suppliers, still up beyond inflation. That's inflationary. Yes, we've got pain. Of course, we've got pain. We've got people doing it hard. But in that is the great failing of this monstrous economic experiment. Just because some people can't pay their bills doesn't mean the right aspects of the economy are falling into line. Essentially, the pain is from the mortgage holders or those who owe money, from those who lose their jobs. There is a chance the ANZ are wrong. There is a chance Kiwi Bank and their line ball call is made actually on the right side of the line. So even if today isn't a hike, if there is one coming, you will hear it in the language and the rhetoric. The evidence of the COVID years is laid bare as each of these updates is delivered. History is starting to show, and will ultimately show, I think, very few countries made the mess of it we have. I still think it's quite cool to be world famous for something, right? Right? The rewrap. Okay, uh, now, the lights might actually stay on uh, this winter, thanks to the generosity of Rio Tinto. Is that how this, well, that works? Is that how it's supposed to work? Yet another sign of just how bereft this country is when it comes to planning and delivery of First World services. The announcement from Rio Tinto that the TY smelter will cut back their power usage so we can all turn the lights on this winter was hailed as a good news story. I mean, it's good news to the extent we have dodged, I assume, another bullet. But as Rio Tinto quite rightly pointed out yesterday, we would expect any future electricity supply arrangement to have demand response capabilities built into them. What a novel idea. Imagine having a country that can actually supply enough power so that people who make stuff can use that to do what they need to make. Imagine a country where in February or March each year the Lions Company doesn't go tell you to be careful on cold days. It might get a bit touch and go. Imagine being in a country that has all the resource you need to make power cheaply and accessible to all, and yet we don't, because we stopped building dams. And the last one we built was bogged down yet again in delays and red tape. I'm looking at you, Wymere. The obsession we have with renewables uh, goes nowhere near 
filling the reliability gap created by killing off or trying to kill off places like Huntley. And we're all left with a promise that one day a mix of wind and solar may do the job, but in the meantime, if we could just get our biggest power user to flick some switches off, that'd be awesome. We don't want nuclear. We don't want coal, despite the fact we still fire it up because between the hot air on renewables and actually doing renewables properly, we've dropped the ball. And from all the reading I do, every time someone tries to put up a solar panel, the locals go nuts. The priorities around energy are really, really simple if you think about it. We need what we need and we should have it. To grow, we need more. And we should have that too. And yet we are still scrabbling around, paying millions for studies on Onslow that go nowhere, dealing with grumpy NIMBYs that hate anything built close to them, and doing deals with Rio so they can do less. What part of that equation isn't adding up? And the big question, will next year be any different? I'm reading a book at the moment. It's actually the middle instalment of the uh, Three Body Problem trilogy. I think it's about to come out as a, as a TV show. Um... And a, a couple of hundred years in the future, it looks like we're just going to be getting electricity out of the air using microwaves or something. So that sounds good. So yeah, I don't know about about next year, but a couple of hundred years, if we're still here, might be better. The rewrap. Yeah, will we still be here though? Or will all our houses have fallen into the sea? And if all our houses haven't fallen into the sea, why do the people with houses who haven't fallen into the sea, why do they have to pay more for their insurance than the people whose houses did? Let me come to Suncorp. Now, this I find interesting in the sense that their profit, like all the insurance companies, their profits are up, their premiums are up. They seem to be at this particular point in time not losing many customers who are claiming they can't afford insurance. That's a good thing. But what I didn't realise, and and you may well know more than I do, but Suncorp, because they're, these are big conglomerates like IAG, they've got you know half a dozen different insurance companies. So in Suncorp's case, it's AA and Vero. Um, and then they're also behind life insurance, Astron. Now, Astron, interestingly enough, they had a 12% drop in their life insurance business, which means the first thing that you go, I can't afford is, of course, life insurance. Do you need to cover your life? Okay, I can't afford it. I won't. Do I need to cover my car and my house? Yes, I do. And my contents? Yes. Anyway, they, they are blaming some of the costs for reinsurance on these two things, North Queensland and the floods and the earthquake in Japan. Now, why is that of relevance to you and I? Because that is factored into your premium in New Zealand. Now, this is the part I didn't realise. They write the whole region up. So when you talk about your individual circumstances and you go, well, look, I live near the ocean or I live on a cliff or I live by the river, and they come to you and go, well, that's a bit dodgy, so we'll bump your premium up if we don't cover you at all, whatever the case may be. What I wasn't realising is they don't take your individual circumstances, Auckland v Queenstown, Timaru v, you know, pick a place, Kaitaia. They're taking a flood in North Queensland and going, oh, well, it flooded in North Queensland. No wonder you're paying more. And I'm sitting in Auckland going, what? What do I care about that? Well, the earth shook in Japan, Mike, so we put your premium up. And I'm going, well, what's that got to do with me? I've got no control over that whatsoever. And that came to me as a punter as a surprise. I'm not interested in paying more for my insurance because North Queensland had a flood or Japan had an earthquake. I mean, I feel bad for them, but I'm not paying for the price. The people in North Queensland and Japan can pay the price for that because they're the ones running the risk. Why am I carrying the risk for something that didn't happen? Now, is that news to you or am I a bit thick? Don't answer that. Or could we come to some kind of arrangement where we get to go and live at those people's houses? in tropical North Queensland and Japan you know, for a holiday sometimes 
when it's not earthquaking and hurricaning, cycloning. Probably not. Stupid idea. Move on. 90% of parenting is just thinking about when you can have a break. And when you do take a break, enjoy the Parenting Hangover podcast. They go together like a tutu and jandals. We've said from the get-go, we ain't parenting experts. No. But it's cool to hear, what is your neighbour doing? What do they say? A problem shared is a problem halved. Oh, that's good. Not that my children are problems, or a, but I feel better talking about it. The Parenting Hangover with Clinton Jordan. New episodes every Thursday on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. The Rewrap. Right, this um, business of... Uh, bringing nurses into the country as long as they're the right nurses. Uh, it's got a real weird whiff about it, but it turns out it's nothing new. Going back to the doctors and the nurses, uh, I did an interview back in April of 2018 on the subject. Spoke to a GP called Claire Tablanc. She'd been waiting for a year and a half to sit her New Zealand medical exam, a year and a half to say she could be a GP, despite working. This goes, if you've missed the story this morning or the last couple of days, we've got a whole bunch of nurses in the country who are qualified nurses, come from other countries. Some of them, it seems, our problem is that they're third world countries. Uh, we don't want to quite call them third world countries, but that appears to be the problem. And anyway, this doctor, uh, back in 2018, Claire de Blanc, she came in as a GP from South Africa. She'd been a GP overseas for 14 years and, of course, you remember in 2018, we were short of GPs then, we're short of GPs now. What I'm building up to here is a, was a problem then, it's a problem now. In the ensuing period of time, we appear to have done literally nothing about the problem. Uh, she was from South Africa, where the Gore Hospital, uh, Carl, earlier on this morning, told us people didn't qualify to work because of their health system. So what is it you're doing on your internship, even if you got one, that you haven't done already as, as, as a GP with 14 years' experience? Nothing. And I did internship in South Africa for two years anyway. So you've done the internship. You've been a GP for 14 years. You passed your first part of your exam. You'll pass your second part in March next year. Then you'll need yeah. to find a gap in the system to be an intern, which you've already done elsewhere. So that'll be boring for two years. And then after yep. that, if you've got the job, you can be a GP. Yes. Why would you bother? Why don't you go, um, some, why don't you go somewhere else? Because we clearly don't want you, Claire. Isn't it amazing? So you can hear the incredulity in my voice back then, and I sit here today just as bemused at a situation that's clearly not remotely fixed. And I still don't think we've got to the actual crux of the problem, whether it be a GP or a nurse. Just what literally is it? So the ED nurse, go back to the ED nurse, say in Gore, go to an ED nurse anywhere. So what happens in ED? You need your stomach pumped, you've been run over, you've been stabbed, you're bleeding out. You've fallen over on a footpath and broken your shoulder. Fallen over on a footpath and hurt your shoulder. You have taken too many drugs. You know, what? what is it that's unique to New Zealand that somehow you need to be so special and different? And if you happen to come from the Philippines, you can't do any of that. None of that seems to make any sense to me. And even if you argue it does make sense and we are doing the right thing, why then are we letting so many people into the country who then, upon applying for the jobs, can't get the jobs? I do not want to be here uh, in 2030, another six years on, saying the same thing. Can we just confirm that you do want to be here in 2030, though? Oh, that's up for debate. Yeah, I'd, it just seems like everybody we've talked to and you hear interviewed in the media about this issue at the moment, they seem to stop short of saying, uh, we're happy to take medical professionals from some places but not others. 
and it's based solely on the fact that they're from those places and not others, even though we've, they've passed the same test that the other people have passed. There's something weird going on. The rewrap. And I hope it isn't just racism. Right. Um, uh, what, what, what are Wendy's doing with the pricing of their stuff? This can't be right, can it? All the ins and the outs, it's The Biz on the Mike Hosking Breakfast on News Talk ZB. Could be the dumbest idea in a long time. Fast food news. Already told you about Popeyes this week. Uh, so this comes from Wendy's. They're planning on rolling out what they're calling a dynamic pricing model, which is basically just surge pricing. Surge pricing on hamburgers. So their boss, a guy called Kurt Tanner, says they're looking to make it similar to surge pricing in Uber around big events. It's also planning around key eating times like dinner as well as demand when it comes to promotions on new items. So you'll make a new item cheaper. I think they probably already do that, don't they? You, you know, you get two for one and free chips or whatever. Uh, it's all part of a new investment in technology. A number of fast food chains are doing this. And as part of that investment, they're also putting in digital menu boards uh, that update prices in real time and offering different menu items at certain times of the day. I think they all... I mean, don't McDonald's do that? You can't buy a breakfast every day, all day, can you? Don't they do that at breakfast time? Doesn't the breakfast... Yeah, not different prices, but the timing is what I'm saying. So at dinner time, the the timing, you know, you can get some things at some times of the day. But when you go along and the burger's more expensive than it was in the morning, are you going to buy the burger? Of course I know not. it's confusing for you because you have dinner at 2pm. Yeah, we'll see. What, what about me? What uh, about me? Well, but the, the, the good news for you is that your dinner will be cheaper because you're going when nobody in their right mind eats dinner. Well, what about the fact that I don't go to Wendy's and never will? Maybe you should now. You reckon I should? Um, Best chips. Really? You oh, call yeah. It? Oh, you're calling it. Okay. Um, he's an idiot. Not Glenn. Well, Glenn's a bit of an idiot. But old Kirk. Kirk's a... Kirk's a I mean, how, how do you come up with an idea like that and think it's going to work for goodness sake? Um, firstly, I take issue with the bit of an idiot thing. I'm a complete idiot. Let's not be confused about that. And also, it, it does... I've got this interesting mental image because uh, when I was uh, travelling recently in in Melbourne and we wanted to get an Uber to the airport, it was just coming off a sort of a peak time, sort of, you know, just after nine in the morning. And so we just sort of kept refreshing the app, hoping that the price would come down. And then it did, but we thought, oh, we'll wait a bit more. And then it went up again. And so you you play that game, don't you, with, with the surge pricing. And I just wonder... Can you afford to do that with a burger? Can you afford to wait till it's not quite so busy? Depends on how hungry you are, I suppose. Strange times. Uh, I'm Glenn, that was the rewrap, and we'll be back with more of those strange times for you tomorrow. See you then. The rewrap. The rewrap. For more from News Talk ZB, listen live, on air, or online, and keep our shows with you wherever you go with our podcasts on iHeartRadio.